is Kim, and this is The Contemporary Educator, a podcast dedicated to all my fellow teachers out there who are always trying to balance the many demands placed on The Contemporary Educator. I'd like to start by acknowledging that I live on the traditional territories of the Lekwungen peoples of the Esquimalt and Songhees nations. We're at that time of year where, as drama teachers, and if you're a drama teacher yourself, you're probably doing this too if you haven't already, trying to choose next year's show. So I just wanted to share some insight into how I plan what my next year's show is going to be. I get asked this quite often by both drama and non-drama people, and there's a lot of different things that go into choosing a show. And I know everybody kind of has their own process, but I thought I would share mine so that you can have a little bit of insight into what it takes to choose a show, things that I found that have been helpful in choosing a show, and see if any of these things work for you. Basically, each year I do one musical and then I do one shorter show, like a one act, or um, I like to do, before COVID, I was doing what we called Fringe Fest, Vic High Fringe Fest, and so we would do like a series of, of uh, I could have, it could be a one act, it could be the, an improv show, it didn't really matter. Students would submit a proposal, it would go into a lottery, just like Real Fringe, and I would draw names out of a hat for whose show got to go up during our week-long Fringe Fest. So I'd like to get back into that. However, obviously during COVID, it wasn't really great to be able to uh, open it up for students to organize their own shows. We had to keep it really guided and uh, really particular. So. This is gonna be the first year that we actually get a chance to do something like that again, and I'm on the fence, we'll see. But I thought I would talk about how I choose my main stage every year. We do one main stage musical, and then like I said, we do other small things throughout the year. Each year, I like to alternate between doing a heavier musical that has more hard-hitting themes, that covers more intense subject matter, and a show that's lighter might still have a lot of social or contextual themes and elements to it that are relevant, but that has a lot more humor and levity to it. And then again, then the following year will be something heavier and darker and repeat. So the reason that I do this is that I find that our shows where we do something heavier and more intense, we also have a lot more opportunity to build community in our theater. So this is a chance for cast and crew alike to really come together to learn what the show is about, not just the plot, but also the characters, what they've been through, their backstories, and how it relates to our community. Two years ago, we did the show Runaways, which is a kind of vignette style show that highlights stories from New York City teens who have run away from home for various reasons. It covers subject matters such as abuse, addictions, sexual exploitation, and many other things. And this show was really heavy and really intense and there's some really gut-wrenching songs and monologues in that show, but it is absolutely beautiful. And as a drama therapist, I really wanted to make sure that we approached this in the right way. I didn't want students to to walk away thinking it was just another show. I wanted them to have a real true understanding of what these people's experience would have been. 
it takes no effort to decide as a teacher that you want to do something that's quote-unquote edgy because you think that that's what image you want to portray. It's a lot harder to do a show that is considered edgy and to make sure that it's not edgy by the end. And so that's the approach that I choose to take, is that we don't do something because it's edgy and because other schools are scared to do it. We do a show because of the educational value and purpose behind it. So then when we chose that show, we made that a collective and community-based process too. So what that means is each year, when we know that we're alternating from comedy to something a little heavier, I, I don't want to say tragedy because I, I wouldn't say that that the heavy musicals are really tragic in nature. They can have tragedy in them, but it's not like Shakespeare, right? So when we switch to the heavier shows, I'll find five shows that fit with themes that we can all relate to right now, whether that is addictions or, I don't know, isolation, whatever that may be. We choose something that fits tyranny with what we're experiencing. And then the students do their research. I'll give them little pieces of information about each show and, and probably a trailer for each one so they can see the Broadway version or a piece of it. And then they vote. And it is majority rules. It is the democratic process. Whoever, whichever show gets the most votes is the show that we do the following year. And I typically will do that vote about two weeks after our former show, our last show closed. So I do that because it gets students excited about the following year. They're less likely to forget about the show, move on from it. It keeps the momentum going. They can start to talk about what they might want to do for an audition piece. Uh, they can start to look at what is exciting about the next year's show. They can find a, a version online to watch if they want to. They can watch the movie version. They can download the soundtrack, whatever it is they need to do to feel hyped and excited about it. And I find that that really builds momentum. The grade nines who come in from grade eight the following year didn't have a chance to vote, but that's okay because when they come in, they get an opportunity to hear from the seniors why they chose the show that they did and uh, hear all about what's exciting about that show. And we'll announce it again in September. So the grade nines who are wanting to audition have an opportunity to know a little bit about it. And I found that this is a really helpful system in maintaining the group of students I have every year and my program's grown a lot since I first started so when I first started I had like 20 kids in the show and now I have like this last year I had 75 registered in musicals so that's between cast and crew but with that said when students get a, a choice they get to advocate for which show they're excited about there's a lot more buy-in overall and they're less likely over the summer to forget about musical, to decide they want to do something different and then drop out and or decide not to do it the next year. Keeps the momentum going and the spirit alive. That's one thing that I do to choose a show. The other thing that I'll do is I'll just listen to students. So I will make sure that I'm really hearing what shows they're excited about, what musical soundtracks they've been listening to, and I'll try to choose shows or put into the list of shows. I'll try to make sure that I'm picking one that they can be excited about too. With that said, I personally am pretty adverse to doing a Disney style musical. And the reason for that is that we're high school and so those are often done in middle school. So most of my middle school or my high school students, sorry, have done those shows in middle school. The other reason is that the content and subject matter isn't as challenging for them. 
It doesn't mean the vocal score isn't challenging. It doesn't mean that there aren't fitting and intense themes that can be pulled from a Disney show. But they don't want something that is quite so bubblegum. I find at the high school stage, even the shows that are more upbeat, they want something that has some grit to it because those are the issues that they're dealing with and the conversations they want to have. So for example, it's easy to talk about the gritty shows in terms of Runaways or Hair when we did that one. But in comedies, it's it's we often forget that, the, that comedies can be really gritty and it's all written in satire. And I feel that there's... I often find there's no, no better way to talk about social issues than through satire. And so when we did Cry Baby, students had come into it thinking, well, this is going to be fun. It's got great music. It's bubblegum. You know, it's great. And they left having had conversations about class divides and what the satirical lines in that show actually represent and what they mean. And understanding how a show like Cry Baby can draw attention to these issues by making fun of certain things and that it's really important to have that kind of satire because it originated from a place where people weren't safe to say what was on their mind but they could do it in a tongue-in-cheek way that was going to inspire the masses to do something differently or to to know that there was a problem here if they didn't already know or to question authority and power so when I, try, when I choose shows, I try to choose shows with that theme and with that lens for high school. Not that, again, there's nothing wrong with a Disney musical, but um, I just find that Shrek has been kind of beaten over the head at this point, and um, students are less likely to get value out of something like Shrek than they are out of something like You're in Town, which we did this year, or like I said, Crybaby. The other thing that I like to do is decide, and I mentioned this already, but I like to decide on a show that has a cultural context right now. We talk a lot in musical about what makes a show successful and why one show is successful one year and then the next year it's not, or it's successful the first time it opens on Broadway, but it's not successful when it is remounted years later. And the reason that that is, that a show is successful once and not again, is typically because of the cultural context at the time. And I use superhero shows to talk about this. So I talk about the state of the world when superhero shows become relevant again. And a superhero show is always going to be popular when it feels like the world is crumbling around you. And students can see this because they're like, oh yeah, I love the Avengers, or oh yeah, like I went and saw you know, the new Spider-Man movie. And... The reality is, is that we relate to those movies or we like that level of escapism because we want a superhero. We want somebody to swoop in and save the day when it feels like everything is dark and difficult and scary. And so musicals are much like superhero movies. They have a time and they have a place. They're successful when people can see themselves on stage. Either they see themselves there or they see where they would like to be. And that's when people come to see a show. And to be fair, a high school musical, the people who are coming to see our show are the parents and grandparents and a few key community members who offer their support, possibly alumni. But in terms of learning and education for our students, it gives us an opportunity to talk to students about what makes a successful show. 
how do we mount a show successfully and how do we choose a show that is going to be successful due to the current context. You can pretty much make any show realistically fit with a context. So if you're struggling to find a show or you're not sure how to make the show fit with the current context, look at what themes students are, are experiencing right now, the things that they're passionate about, whether it's environmentalism or they are passionate about uh, their voting rights and politics which I find a lot of my students fall into the environmentalism and politics range. And then find a show that reflects some of those themes. So this year, we kind of were backed into a corner with what show we did because we had to do a show that would allow for streaming rights, which limited our options, of course. So when I was looking through the lists of shows for, that were available for streaming, Year in Town came up and I immediately, I, I was familiar with the show, I knew it, I think it's hilarious, but I had never really thought about directing that show because it is quite a common show to direct in high school and I, I tend to steer towards the ones that are less common. And so I was doing some research on it and I was like, oh my God, this is actually perfect for what students are experiencing right now. And it was, it fits so, so well. So that ended up being the show that we did and students were able to draw so many parallels with what their current experience was with what was happening in the world. And I encourage this not only for the educational value it has in drawing connections between personal and, uh, and their creative, but I also encourage this because it helps to decrease the burnout from a show. And I know that sounds counterintuitive. You would think, well, if they're living it, why would they want to experience on the stage? But this is where the therapeutic piece comes in when we choose our shows. If we can cast a student in a character that is unlike themselves or who gets to talk back to power, it's an opportunity for them each night that they're on stage or each night that they're in rehearsal even to challenge that authority and challenge that power and take back a little piece of what's theirs. And that can be extremely therapeutic and it can help to decrease overall feelings of trauma or loss of control or oppression. And it can also provide students with strategies and conversations around how do we take back power when we feel powerless. And so it opens up a lot of doors for conversation that isn't necessarily available when you choose a show that doesn't fit for what's going on globally or um, in your community at this point. So those are the things that I encourage you to look at. This is uh, just a little bit of insight into how I choose a show. I will on a later podcast talk a little bit more about drama therapy and how to make your musical therapeutic. I have talked about it a little bit in the past, but uh, I think that it's a topic that warrants lots of conversation about. And uh, I would love to hear any feedback you have or, com or advice you have on how you choose your shows each year. Because I know everybody has their own process and it, what works for one doesn't work for another. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this has given you some new insights into how to choose your show for next year. If you liked what you heard, you can find me on Instagram at teach.emo.com.